Happy Advent. We hear in our second reading today from St. James. Take as an example the hardship and the patience of the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Take as an example of hardship and patience the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. I'd like to speak about two prophets today. Raise your hand if you are of German descent. A little higher. Okay, a good 90%. If you look at the stained glass windows that surround you, those are German names. Do you ever ask the question, when did Germans become Catholic? What was our ancestors' religion before Catholicism? Well, they were, of course, pagans. And they worshipped false gods. False gods are, of course, demons. One of the false gods that the Germanic people worshipped was Thor. Thor has now been popularized by Marvel Comic. He's one of the Avengers. And the German people worshipped Thor. He was the god of lightning and thunder and of war. In association with the cult to Thor was the worship of oak trees. Oak trees were the tallest trees in the forest and were thus the easiest to be struck by lightning. And so the Germanic people believed that somehow lightning would enter into the trees and those were actually little gods that entered into the trees and the trees were then sacred. At the winter solstice every single year, they would kill the child born closest to the winter solstice and sacrifice their child to Thor. For some clarity to this homily, all pagan religions have three common characteristics. They kill their own, they sacrifice human sacrifice. They practice disordered sexuality, and they worship nature. All pagan religions will ultimately always do this. Sacrificing their own disordered sexuality and worshiping of nature. In 675, a man is born in England. He's raised in a Benedictine monastery. And as he's praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, as he's chanting the Psalms, he feels this call within him to go out and preach to the nations. Eventually, he makes his way to Rome, where Pope Gregory II commissions him and sends him to go to the Germanic people to convert them to Catholicism. When Boniface arrives in Germany, he hears about the pagan people worshiping the Thor god, little g, because he doesn't exist, and how they were going to kill a child on the winter solstice, which that year happened to be Christmas Eve. So, Boniface got an axe. And he decided to go to their cultic sacrifice. As it grew dark that night and the people began to gather around what they referred to as the thunder oak, it was the largest oak tree where they were going to kill this child, 
Boniface showed up. As they began to chant, as they began to pray to the Thor God and prepare to kill a child, Boniface showed up and preached the gospel to them. He said, tonight I will cut down the thunder oak. And tonight I proclaim to you, not a God who lives in a tree, but a God who died on a tree. Not a God who demands you to kill your children, but a God who willfully died for you. Not a God of war, but a God of peace. And then he took his axe and he began to hack at the tree. And the people were so foolish, they believed that Thor would strike Boniface down and he would be their human sacrifice that night. But Thor did not respond because Thor didn't exist. As Boniface hacked down the tree, it split into four pieces, and out of the center of where the oak tree was, a small green fir tree came out of the ground. Boniface pointed to the fir tree and said, This is the tree of the Christ child, the Prince of Peace, who died for you on a tree to bring you salvation. You who have lived in fear of trees, tonight I ask of you to cut down fir trees and to bring them into your home and have no fear because Christ wants to dwell in your home. Those four parts of the oak tree that split, Boniface then used to build the first Catholic church in Germany. He named it St. Peter's, and from it he baptized thousands and brought them into the one true church. And on that sacred night, Boniface also gave birth to the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree. A fir tree that points to heaven. A tree in the shape of an arrow that is evergreen. When you look at your Christmas tree, are you reminded of an end of paganism? An end of the senseless killing of our ancestors? of their worship of nature? Because that's what happened on that sacred night. All pagan religions have disordered sexuality, a worship of nature, and a killing of their own. Thanks be to God for Boniface. Thanks be to God as we hear in the letter of St. James today. Taste it as an example the hardship and the patience of the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. In 1531 in Mexico, the Spanish Franciscans who had landed years before were getting tired. Spain had conquered Mexico, and the Spanish Franciscans who had arrived were trying to convert the Aztec people, and they were having no luck. They had very few converts. What was the practice of the people of Mexico? Well, they were pagans, so what did they do? They practiced disordered sexuality. They would have orgies. They practiced pedophilia. They worshiped nature. They worshiped particularly the sun and the moon. And they killed their own. 
For those of you who know the practice of the Aztecs, they would build huge temples called ziggurats. And on the top of them, they would sometimes in one day slaughter over a, a hundred human beings. This time not infants, but this time normally teenagers. They had the practice of opening their chest, taking their heart out, and they wanted the heart to still be beating as they offered it to the sun god. For, have you, for any of you who have ever seen a chicken with its head cut off, it's kind of the same idea. This is what they did. And the Franciscans were having no luck in converting them. So, our God, being a wise God, realized that if they can't get the job done, then do the only sensical thing. Send a woman. So God the Father sent Mary to Mexico in 1531 in the apparition of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And Juan Diego, one of the natives who had converted, had a vision three times of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And the last time when she appeared to him, the image in the presence of the bishop and several others adhered to his cloak. And this is the image that you see right here. What does this image tell us? Well, the image clearly tells a story. And the Aztec people, as soon as they saw the image, they knew this story was for them. This woman is not a god. She's not a goddess. Why? Because her head is bowed in prayer and her hands are folded in prayer. If she is not a god, then who is she praying to, the Aztec people asked. And then they noticed the black sash around her waist. The Aztec people practiced rampant sexuality. Women were regularly gang-raped. And women who were pregnant would put a black sash around their waist to protect their child. So this woman is with child. She is wearing rose. which is the color of flesh. So the Aztecs knew that certainly she was not a god, but she was clothed with a blue cloak, meaning that she was clothed with divinity, but she herself was not divine itself, that somehow she had been touched by the heavens. And then they noticed that over her womb was a cross-shaped flower. And this woman was actually praying to her own son. And what convinced the Aztec people the most is that this woman boldly stood in front of their sun god, if you notice the rays coming out of her, and on top of their moon god as she stands on a black moon. This woman, who did not proclaim to be God herself, stood in front of their god and on top of their god and proclaimed the god who lived in her womb. In five years, eight million Mexicans were baptized because of Our Lady Guadalupe. And paganism came to an end. Eight million people in five years were baptized. Take as an example of hardship and patience the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, I speak of these two prophets during these Advent days because we ourselves need to assess our times. 
What are the three characteristics of a pagan culture? Disordered sexuality, killing and sacrificing your own, and worshiping nature. What does our culture look like, brothers and sisters? And let me give you a small brief history. Because the diagnosis of our time is pretty simple to understand. Disordered sexuality is rooted in the fact that we lose the understanding of why we were created and why our bodies work the way they do. In the 1940s and 50s, a pill was invented that was going to solve all the problems of the world. A pill, a magical pill, that would solve all the problems of the world. By the 1960s and 70s, this pill had become normative for over 80% of American women. And as Paul VI warned, if this pill becomes normative, we will see an increase in adultery, infidelity, divorce, the abuse and objectification of women. Paul VI was a prophet. Once the pill became normative, and once we had separated children and the natural ordered outcome of marital love, it was then a free range for everybody. Premarital sex, cohabitation, free love, with no children, became the norm of all heterosexuals. And since we had sterilized that act, there was no way for us to not pave the way to say, well, if we believe in sterile love, what's the difference between a man and a man and a woman and a woman? It's all sterile love. It's all the same, because love is love, right? Welcome to disordered sexuality, which then ultimately leads to the fact that being a woman means nothing and being a man needs nothing, means nothing. Because a man and a woman have no differences because they're both sterile all the time. Welcome to our culture. And then just in case something doesn't work perfectly for you, we have abortion. And we can kill any child at any moment when we desire. And welcome to the sacrifice of our own. And if we listen to the three biggest political issues of our time and our era, for those of you who choose to watch the news, which I encourage you not to, what are the three biggest times of our Well, we just heard one of them this past week was passed into law. Sexual rights, abortion, and climate change. And if you listen to climate change activists, what is on their list? Population reduction because trees and water are more important than children. And if you have too many children, you will pollute the earth. Now, I am an advocate, a huge advocate, for the beauty of God's creation. And I will tell you that one of the crazy reasons why I take a cold shower every single day is to save water. I remember watching this terrible VHS tape when I was in middle school about how you should actually put, like, kitchen pots 
in your, in your, in your bathroom. So when you warm up the water to take a shower, you can use those pots of water to water your plants. For some reason, this VHS tape is ingrained in my mind. So I was just like, I'm just going to stop warming up water. I'll just take a cold shower and like save the planet that way. It has nothing to do with the fact that we shouldn't care about Mother Earth. But the reality is that there are many people who now actually worship, as a new religion, the cult of Mother Earth. My brothers and sisters, in 1999, 70% of Americans practice a religion. They went to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque. In 2020, those numbers are dramatically changed. 47%, that's it, less than 50% of Americans claim to be a religious people. 30% of Americans boldly say that they have no religious affiliation at all. This is our America. And I'm just going to tell you, when you drive around and you see rainbow unicorns that are inflated on someone's front yard, I'm just telling you, that's not celebrating the birth of Jesus. We think that we live in a, in a, in a we still think we live in a Christian culture. And thanks be to God that in Dearborn County, there are, there are three more than life-size nativity scenes on, on, on US 50 right here. I just like actually just driving up UN 50 and like singing songs and like praising the Lord. But we need to realize the culture that we live in, brothers and sisters, and it is a pagan culture. Now, some of you might say, Father, this is like very, like, where is the joy? Like, I thought we were wearing, I thought this was like Rose Sunday, Father. Well, here's the joy. Take as an example of hardship and patience the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. My brothers and sisters, I put before you St. Boniface and Our Lady of Guadalupe. And here's the thing. In 722 and 1531, God didn't abandon his people. And if you want some good news, here's the good news. God isn't going to abandon you. And just because we live in a pagan culture doesn't mean God's not going to abandon us. God God is not going to leave us. In fact, the whole Advent season is what? For us to say, come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Because we need him. Our world needs him. Our hearts need him. Our children need him. And the sooner that we open our eyes and no pun intended, and take off our rose-colored glasses, the sooner that we will act and live as we are called to in these times. One of the reasons why I love having lots of young people near the altar, one of the reasons I love having a Catholic school, is because I do ponder regularly, God, who is the Boniface? Who is the Our Lady Guadalupe? Who is the St. Francis? Who is the St. Benedict? Who is the Maximilian Colby that you are going to raise up in the midst of these pagan times to preach life and truth? Was it easy for Boniface to show up at a pagan ceremony with an axe and cut down an oak tree? No! What did that take? Fortitude and courage and zeal. But he also had to know that what was happening is wrong. Right now, the vast majority of our world doesn't think that anything we're doing is wrong. Love is love. It's my choice. Save the earth is our battle cry. I thought love and mercy and peace and compassion and family and tradition and children and grandchildren and devotion and prayer were our battle cry. My brothers and sisters, we live 
in what some people say are dark times, I say we live in exciting times. Because we have an opportunity in the midst of the darkness to be light. We have the opportunity in the midst of darkness to be joy. We have the opportunity in the midst of the darkness to be the prophets, to change the world. So this is what I ask of you. If not by now, I know that you will in the next 10 days, put up either a real Christmas tree or a plastic one. And I want you to look at your tree. And in fact, every time you see a Christmas tree, I want you to say, St. Boniface brought an end to human sacrifice, stopped worship of nature, and taught virtue, which brought an end to sexual disorder. And I want you to share that message with other people. When you walk into the house, do you know why you have a Christmas tree? Do you know why you have a Christmas tree? To help you out, by the way, as you leave Mass today, all you'll be leaving with a little pink sheet that has the story of the Christmas tree by St. Boniface. Every time you see an image of Our Lady Guadalupe, I want you to think, what did, what did Our Lady, I mean, I think we often look at Our Lady Guadalupe and like, she's beautiful. We love Mary. I want you to think, this is a ferocious woman who came in and brought out the baptism of 8 million people and ended human sacrifice, ended worship of the earth, and ended sexual disorder. And don't worry, on the other side of the sheet is information about Our Lady of Guadalupe. And how awesome it is that today and tomorrow you can still go to the four shrines of Our Lady of Guadalupe here in Dearborn County and pray. What do I ask you to do? I ask you to say one prayer. Just, I want you to go to the shrine in the restaurant. I just want you to pray one Hail Mary. One Hail Mary. And pray for the conversion of Dearborn County. Last night after Mass, one of the prisoners came up to me. He said, hey, Father, me and my wife, we went to all four in one night. <laughs> I said, did you have a designated driver? <laughs> My brothers and sisters, in the midst of this world, and we have, we, we can't live with blindfolds on. In the midst of this world, we need to be hope and joy and peace, and we need to pray for a prophet. A prophet who is an example of hardship and patience, who will speak in the name of the Lord. Let's pray for that grace this morning. Let's pray for that grace in our own lives. Let's pray for the grace to live that in a powerful way. Through his grace, may it be so.